morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? I mean, it is fantastic. Well, if you like hot and humid, but folks, it ain't nearly what it's going to be. So this will be a great weekend to get out and knock around the yard. And hey, that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. You've tuned into the Gestalt Gardener, which is one of many locally produced programs here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. For the next hour, we're just going to talk about gardening. There's a few events going on. There's some stuff you can do. I've been knocking some stuff out in my yard we could talk about, but it's a live program, folks. So if there's something that you want to talk about that's on your mind and you want a second opinion that's not going to try to sell you anything, give us a call. We'll give the phone numbers when we come back for the news. But meanwhile, sit back, relax, folks. This is the informal garden party here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it the Gestalt Gardener. And for the next hour, we are going to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's failed to rushing and... Um, <laughs> I walked in here, Java walked in here just a minute ago, and he said, I got the place all cleaned up for you, and I've already got coffee rings, and I've got magnolia flower stamen in my smell. Because <laughs> you, you were actually doing your namesake today. I was gardening. You <laughs> was, was out gardening. in the garden. Yeah, before it got to you, as a matter of fact, I show you my fingernails. You know, this is, uh, they're really, really dirty. Of course, uh, two of the fingernails are kind of blue because I painted a deck yesterday, and uh, needless to say, I got everything but under my fingernails. Anyway, folks, for the next hour, we're going to be talking about gardening, just gardening, and related stuff. we got some cheesy music and a couple of emails and uh, uh, a couple of announcements of things coming on this weekend and next weekend, but it's all about you. You know, you don't have to dress up. You don't have to go to the garden club. You don't have to be a plant. plant you don't have to play. Pay do, we don't care. Oh, excuse me. We do care. It just doesn't matter. So if you've got some things you want to talk about, this is a good chance. I won't sell you anything, I promise. If I don't know something, I promise I'll tell you that, and I'll try to look it up. Anyway, give us a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Me and Java Chapman and Liz Gill, we're all other folks here at MPB, want to connect people who don't have a connection to gardening, that we're going to do it. Anyway, uh, we're going to start out this morning by the button, line this button, the, the, I can't tell. Both of them are blinking. Annie from West Point. Hey, Annie, my bifocals have already let me down this morning. How are you, lady? I'm well. How are you? So far, so good. A little excited. The coffee kicked in. Antihistamines, and I feel great. Good. What's up? I I, I wanted to ask you, what do I need to do to successfully grow beets? From putting them in the ground to nurturing them along, but particularly the planting and getting a good... Uh, percentage of yeah. germination. Okay, it's a good question. It's a little tricky. You know, I'm all, I'm, I'm the guy who says eh, gardening is a bunch of stupid rules. You don't need it. Everything's real easy. But beets are different. Uh, when you buy a little package of beet seeds, the little round balls, they're not actually beet seeds. They're a ball of seeds. And they take, oh. a, little, they take a little while to sprout. And I say, so, so here's the deal. If you want to grow beets, first of all, wrong time of the year. Plant them in the late summer so they'll mature when it gets cool in the fall, or plant them in the late winter so they'll mature before it gets too hot in the summer. You know, they don't like our hot, hot summer. 
So if you want to plant some, go ahead and, and, and get you some different kinds of seeds to try some different ones. And when you plant them, kind of work the dirt up a little bit. Just just dirt. They're growing pretty good just dirt. I mean, beet farmers growing just dirt. And then if you'll if you'll soak the seeds for a little bit, you know, an hour or two, when you, when you sow them, kind of thin them out a little bit because, again, each one is a cluster of little beet seeds. And, and here's the trick. Lay a board over them. You know, put the seeds down, lightly weighted down, and just lay a board over that row to keep it cool and dark and moist. And they'll sprout pretty quickly. And then every, you know, a week or so later, lift up when they, when they start to sprout, then get rid of the board, and they'll be on their way. Okay. So that's that's the key. Uh, cool and dark and moist. And uh, like I say, if you just lay a board over them, that'll keep the ground from getting hard and crusty in the sun and rain and all that. And then uh, spread the seeds out, cover with the board, you know, wet down a little bit, and then uh, take it from there. Uh, I would say you probably should not plant beets before about the middle of August, I'm going to say. And you can plant them okay. uh, even up into uh, oh late February, first part of March. Okay, well, I've been doing it all wrong. I appreciate your help. Your help. Well, well it's stuff I've learned from other people. And by the way, there's different kinds of beets out there. I don't know if, you know, the, the kind I was raised with at the school lunch, you know, I'm thinking, who eat a beet? This is a terrible stuff. But I love fresh beets. Uh, there's one that's called bull blood that is just as red. The leaves are red. It's a pretty plant. So, so play around with different varieties. You said full blood? No, bull, bull blood. Bull blood. B-U-L-L. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Anyway, it's uh, the blood beet. It's really pretty red foliage. So, you know, it's nice to have something that's pretty to look at, and then you can eat it. Okay. Well, thank you a lot, Felder. Have okay. a good day. Oh, well, I got to ask you this. Why yes. beets? Pardon? Why beets? Well, they're delicious. <laughs> if you, you cook them and then, you know, With as they butter. are, and then you take your hands and rub the outside off and eat them like an apple. <laughs> they're they're delicious. Where are you from anyway? Itawamba County. Okay, okay, that's way up in the okay that that would actually up in the icebox part of the country. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, have fun. If you ask more questions, shoot me an email. Thank you. Okay, Annie. Thank you. Who eat a beet? Let's go to um, John and I think it's in. Oh, excuse me, Lena on the Gulf Coast. Hey, Lena, what's up, lady? Good morning. Howdy. I've been invaded by a fern-like plant that sprouts up like an inch high, and if you let it grow, it gets to be six feet tall. Yeah. It's, a vi- it's, got, a thin, it's got a thin, thin little trunk that you could snap off, but the trick is to pull them when they're very small, and my shoulders won't allow me to do what I used to do, and now I'm yeah. invaded. Yeah. Is it, a, like, is, is it a little vine? No, it's a straight little, um, like a plant, and it's got like um, one, two, three, four, five, about seven, six rows of very fern-like uh, little huh. leaves. And uh, that could be so. Four, that could be so many different things. First of all, I'll tell you what I would do about it. But also, if you're curious, and I'm curious about it, if you can uh, take a picture of it and send it to me, because I'm curious about exactly what it is. Uh, it could be something that's that's real easy to control uh, with mulch from seeds. It might be a perennial that you got to 
pull up or e- even spray it, 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 it just it evaded me. You know, after the Katrina, we had yeah. the uh, the tornado with those that grass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, now this this I don't know if anybody else has it. Well, you know, again, it's 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 not important to know what it is, but it's really really helpful to know what it is. But anyway. Bottom line is, there's only three ways to control weeds. One is to put a lot of mulch out there and hope that that buries the seeds. The other is to pull them or chop them or slice them. In other words, mechanical removal, which is not fun. But if you were to get a little small hoe and take it to a hardware store or something like that and get them to sharpen it. If you've ever shaved and about halfway through you said this razor is too dull and you get a new one and it almost slices you to pieces, a really nice thin, sharp blade. You don't have to chop, uh, Lena. All you have to do is just scrape it across the t- and just separate the vine from the roots. In other words, well, it's, it's, it's like... It's not a vine. It's not a vine. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Whatever it is, uh, slice it, don't chop it. And, and, and that'll take care of it. And, and well, then... I've been, excuse me, I've been snapping it off because it's it's very smaller than a pencil. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, ju- I'm just saying, when it comes to weeds, you know, slicing them at the ground, not chopping, or else if you want to squirt them with a little Roundup, you could do that. As long as you don't get the Roundup on the other plants, it'll only kill what you put it on. And it never makes a flower. It never makes any I, kind of seed. It's just I, I, I don't know. what with, Without looking at it, I can't, I mm-hmm. can't even begin to guess because it could be one of eight different kinds of things that I'm picturing. But anyway, we can find out what it is if we had a picture. But as far as okay. what you can do about it, rather than snapping it off, get your little, uh, you know, a little hoe, sharpen the blade just like you would a razor or a pair of scissors, and just slice it. Don't chop. Just slice it right at the ground. That's a whole lot easier. You can pull okay, it and slice like it. This. It's, I can do that. Okay, well, thank you so kindly for okay. your help. I, I do hope you send a picture of it, Lena, because I'm real curious about it. Well, I don't only have a flip phone. Flip phone. I don't have one of those fancy kinds. Uh, I'll that, try. Snag some kid coming by because they got it. <laughs> they got one in their pocket. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Lena. You. Good luck on it. All righty, now let's go to South Haven and talk to John. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, fellas. Howdy, what's up? Two quick questions. One is, how... Yeah, if I rinse out my sprayer after using Roundup, uh-huh. how long will I have to wait before I can spray uh, bug killer? Well, te- technically, you're not supposed to use the same sprayer with weed killers that you do for anything else. I mean, just as a matter of good, safe practice, it's always a good practice. And I have to sort of stick with that, but... I will say this, Roundup is about the only herbicide I know that you can actually rinse it out really good. But rinse it until no more, because it's, it's got this soapy stuff in it. So if you were to rinse it uh, two or three times, make sure you get all the foam and everything out, it should be fairly safe. Now, I'm saying that, but I'm going to stick with better to not use the same spray with weed killers to do other stuff. Okay, one other question. I have some hardy hibiscus. Uh-huh. Uh, last year, and yeah. they froze back. Mm-hmm. But they sprouted back up. The new growth is real tender and real leggy. Yeah. Should I pinch it back? Uh, most of the hibiscus will, will branch out. You know, hibiscus includes things like cotton and okra, and if you cut them, they will branch back out. But uh, if you got a whole bunch of stems... No, we've got a couple. Okay. Uh, what I would do is I would I would cut the tallest one back and leave the other one not cut. 
Okay. And, and then the first one, when it sprouts back out and you see it's going to sprout back out, then cut the other one. Okay. Then I'll give it a try. Thanks okay. much. And good looking weed killer thing. All right. Okay. Now, let's go to uh, Jackson, talk with Jim. Good morning, Jim. How are you, sir? Jim Rosenblatt, Felbert. Howdy. Good morning. How are you? Uh, this last week of sunshine has really caused my tomatoes to sprout up in my law school garden here. Everything has jumped. And I'm interested in your philosophy on suckers. Let them go or cut them off. Well, you know, it's six and two threes. You know, here's the deal. If you don't cut those suckers off, your plants will have more tomatoes, but they'll be smaller. If you thin out the suckers so they have fewer main stems, you'll have fewer tomatoes, but they'll be bigger. Isn't that weird? I think I'll do half and half now. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so. You know, do you know what? What are these? Vine type or bush type tomatoes? Bush tomatoes and I, vine types. I, I, I've got determinate I, and indeterminate. I, I I wouldn't thin out the bush type. Bush types make good thick bushes. Just put a cage around them and let them go. But the vine type, I would thin them out to have two or three main stems. Okay. And uh, and once you thin that first little, uh, once you do that first little pruning, don't do any pruning after that because if you over prune them, not enough foliage, you're gonna get sun scald on your tomatoes. So I, I would the, the vine types, I would I would sucker them to where they have two or three main stems one time and then let them go, but not All the right. not the bush type. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for making me think first thing in the morning. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All righty, folks. Oh, I didn't know everything just since. Got some good questions, earnest questions. Didn't know all of it. Theorized a little bit, threw out some stuff I do know. Gave you some cautions of things that I might do, but I really can't recommend that you do. And that's why I'm going to roll. I'm going to try to keep it as honest I can. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. This is the Stock Gardener, me and Java Chapman. Liz Gill is in there uh, uh, being the phone greeter. For the next uh, oh, 40 minutes, 41 minutes, we're going to be talking about gardening. Real quick break, a minute or two, then we'll come back with your phone calls and a couple of announcements. There's uh, some things going on this weekend, including a plant sale this weekend in Starkville. We'll talk about all that when we come back from this little short break here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're talking about gardening this morning. I'm looking at my email. I just got a whole bunch of emails, and just all of a sudden, and uh, I can't, I can't, can't get to. Anyway, let's start out uh, up in uh, Tipa, North Tippa County. Talk with Joe. Hey, Joe. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, several weeks ago, I sent you a picture of a bush, a tree on our farm that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to identify it if you could, but I've never heard anything about it. So it, it, it's, it's, got, it's got a knobby bark on it. It's like little round knobs. All, the whole bark is round knobs. Oh, you know, I don't remember seeing that. And usually, if I don't, if I don't, if I can't recognize something, I send uh, the email back and say, "Could you send a closer picture?" But I don't remember getting that. Uh, I tell you what, uh, do you know about when it was? No, no, I've, I've got your name. What I'll do is, is um, while I'm doing other during the music, I'll go through my emails and see if I can find that. But is it a big tree? No, it's about uh, three inches in diameter. Uh, and when you say knobby, they're like warts on it. No, it's just the whole bark is just round. Like like round corks, like round round knobs all over it. 
Don't Walmart. Know, I don't remember seeing that. Don't remember yeah. seeing that at all because uh, that would stand out definitely. So yeah. I tell you what, let me go back uh, and uh, yeah, or, or I tell you what, if there's if, if there's any way you can send it again, it'll be at the top of the okay. list. That's what okay, Java I'll, just told me. Okay, I'll I'll send it uh, this afternoon. Okay, or if you can send if you if you can send it while we're on the air. But anyway, this afternoon I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling this weekend, and I've got about six hours of downtime in an airport, and I'm going to do a lot of catching. Up. Well, I'm I'm over at the grocery store right now. Okay, I'll see if well, I can get back over there. Well, send send it back again okay. because you got me curious okay. about it. Okay, thank you. All righty, now let's go down to Mobile. Hey, Gene, good morning. Hey, howdy, what's up? Uh, I got something I need to get rid of. It's worse than my mother-in-law. Oh, no. Armadillos. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's going to be a t- Both of those are tough ones. You can shoot both of them. It's illegal. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> here's, here's the deal about armadillo. You must back up to some woods. Uh, no, actually, I'm not in any woods. And, and uh, I set a trap out there, and uh, it, it went in there and got the food and the bowl come out, and it trap shut down. He's gone. And, but, but you know it's an armadillo? Well, I can look at my yard and tell that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, there's not a good, there's no repellent that works, and a trap is about the only practical thing. And by the way, you can bait it with cat food if you want to, or or old fruit, like an old banana, because they'll smell that. But the only way to keep them out is going to be a low fence, you know, one of these little two-foot type fence things. There's not a good control. uh, Trapping and fencing is, everything boils down to one of those two. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, but I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to fence it. So my neighbor told me that this armadillo was too big to get in my cage. <laughs> I caught an, I've, I caught I don't, don't want to see that one. I've caught armadillos, possums, and raccoons, and two neighbors' cats in my little trap in my backyard. Uh, but it, here's the deal. I've got some friends who uh, are over at the American Rose Society headquarters over in uh, Shreve, other side of Shreveport, and they got a guy who's he's caging. And he's he's in charge of all that stuff, and he goes out at two and three in the morning in a golf cart with a shotgun. Well, yeah, you can't do that in the neighborhood. <laughs> no, you can't. But he he said his best what he has to deal with the armadillos goes out first thing in the morning and replants whatever they dig up. But if a caging can't get rid of it, you know, with a shotgun, you know. It's I've been living here 50 years. I've never had no problem with him, but this thing is wearing my yard out. Yeah, and uh, if you can see, if you can kind of figure where he comes from and try to put the, you know, he may be hugging something and maybe he's wandering around. I, you know, it's no predictor, but a, a trap is the only thing you can do. Yeah. And try, right, try, it, with, try it with some spoiled fruit. All right, thank you. Good luck on Bye-bye. it. All righty, now let's talk to Bill. Bill's calling from Greenwood. Hey, Bill, what's up? Hey, uh, Felder, uh, bless your heart. That was one of the most brilliant ideas that I think I've ever heard you say. What's that, the Cajun and the shotgun? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what? I, I, I like armadillos. I've never had one in my yard, never seen one. But I like them, too. They're, they're, deli- they're delicious. Well, I just like to just see one just watching go do his thing and... I, I just like, you know, I don't want to kill nothing. I just yeah. like to see it. Hey, can, Bill, can you imagine this? Uh, armadillos supposedly started coming in Mississippi, across the Mississippi River sometime in the 1920s. Could you imagine yeah. some old country guy, and he's out, and the dogs are barking, doesn't know what, get his head like, go out and saw an armadillo for the first time? Probably thought yeah. it was the devil incarnate because they're weird looking if you've never seen one. Yeah. Well, what can I help you with this morning? Okay. Okay, well, that idea about the boards, see, that's my my problem when I put seeds down. The birds eat them, 
they wash away or something digs them up. But that, that's really a good idea. Yeah, and, and the the, the sun and sun and sun and wind and rain will make the the dirt crusty too. And seeds don't like that. Yeah. But just just a little mm-hmm. board. And I'd make it a little board. If you make it too big a board, you can have snails up under it, and they're going to eat your plants. Okay, just a small board. And you keep it wet, then you check it, and then when it starts to you know, if, if, if if your soil is kind of moist and you put the seeds down and you just barely wet them down to cover the board, it'll stay moist. Okay. I, I'm going to put my purple, my uh, um, blue bonnet seeds out there and see what it does because yeah, something digs them up or they disappear or something. Yeah, I, don't I, I, I would wait on blue bonnets till fall. They grow over the winter, oh. sort of, sort of like our a lot of our you know the the wildflowers in our lawns. Blue bonnets yeah. sprout in the fall, they bloom in the spring, and then they die. So it's really not it's it's past you know they don't grow in the summer. It's a winter thing. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, think think pansies. You know a pansy you plant them in the fall, they bloom in the spring, and then they die. Yeah. Blue blue bonnets the same way. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got one more thing. Uh, when Doctor Dirt passed away, was did any family of his or someone there to take care of all those plants he had? No, I, I've driven by there a couple of times, including just last week. I was on my way to Texas to give a talk, and uh, I drove by there, and the place is just—it's just, it's just a, a seriously overgrown jungle. I'm sure some of the neighbors came in and, and got a few of the plants, but he just—he just had the, the the one son who doesn't live here. But no, the place looks like a looks like a bombed out jungle right now because you know where there are great gardens there are great heartaches and when the gardener's gone it just folds right back so anyway no it place looks terrible well i wish someone was there that could take care of it. i wish i could get out in there and do something but well the thing I to do, the thing to do is do it in your own you know do it in your yard you know this is you know dirt is, is is he's one of these classic he's one of these classic cottage gardeners who just loves plants grow them every which way all you know and you know they he knows the difference between a, a weed and a flower and sometimes the same plant in two different places. But it's just a, a cottage gardener. And, you know, no yeah. two cottage gardeners are alike, but they all look just like a buffet at a at, 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 a, at, at a, a wedding or something. They all look like somebody overloaded their plate at a buffet. And, and yeah. you know, do, do have a little slice of it in your own yard is in honor of both the flowers in your own likes and Dr. Yeah. Dirt. Yeah, I remember the first time I met him was about down there in Moorhead years ago, and I kept talking to him about soil, and he gave me this funny look. He said, man, ain't nothing but just dirt. That's right. right. (laughs) That's right. D-I-R-T, dirt. You know, dirt is English, by the way. It's an English word for soil, which is a French word. But soil, soilier, is a French word for dirt. So when you say soil, that's French. You say dirt, that's English. It doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> and dirt, dirt is a lot easier for a southern boy to say. Yeah. Well, you have a good day, fella. I Thank you, Bill. You, man. Yeah, and, and and by the way, let me throw this out. I've made a pitch okay. to a publisher uh, to do a book about Doctor Dirt in his garden. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Oh, All righty, yeah. man. Appreciate it, Bill. Stay cool and dry. Yeah. Bye, bye. All righty. Now let's go to um, the Iberville. Hey, Adam. Good morning. Hi, how are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. What's going on with you? Yeah, um, I'm not one of those lucky people who has any shade in their yard, and <laughs> I'm very interested in growing giant elephant ears, and I was looking online to see which ones can handle full sun, and the Thailand giant elephant ears, from my understanding, can take full sun. It can, but you're, you're down on the coast, though, and I don't know yes. if they could take the wind. 
Well, um, I'm pretty sheltered from the wind. Okay. I, I yeah. live in a, in, a, in a subdivision, and the houses are pretty close together, and that's yeah. where I had planned on putting them. Uh-huh. Um, and I was curious, how do I get the biggest ear out of the plant, and how should I, how should I grow them? I'm new to that giant elephant ear thing. Well, and is there any more that can grow large like the Thailand giant that can take full sunlight? Yeah, almost all of them could take sun if you could keep them not wet but moist. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, that, that's the key. You know, they'll all grow in the sun with, with moisture. Um, and they won't turn yellow like the, uh, the ones that shoot straight up? No, the ones that shoot straight up will do perfectly fine in the sun as long as they don't stay too wet or too dry. You know, that's that's the key, you know. So these giant elephant ears might be easier to grow in a, a big pot with something around the base of it like, uh, uh, you know, asparagus fern, for example. You know, asparagus mm-hmm. fern. That's a nice little skirt for those kind of things. But they'll take, let's just say that they need sun to grow well. And as far as taking broiling hot radiated heat up against the walls surrounded by concrete patio kind of sun, that's tough. Mm-hmm. See, so it's not the sun. It's the radiated all night heat that gives them problems. So if you could put it where it gets, you know, morning sun, but protection for a hot afternoon, not up close to a wall type of thing and can keep the yeah. heat down, you know, that helps a lot. Well, I don't have that. That's that's what I don't have. I mean, literally all sun all day long. Well, what what you might consider, uh, and, and this you don't have any, you have any dirt or is it just a patio. I have I have a dirt. Yes. Yeah. Well, why, why not think about putting a small spreading type of tree, not a crepe myrtle, but something that's kind of up and you know and arching over, and then grow these mm-hmm. in the light shade beneath them, or else even put you a, 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 a real simple arbor out there. Four by six posts and just some simple connectors at the top. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be an elaborate arbor, but if you grow an arbor, first of all, it looks good all the time, even in the wintertime when the elephant ears aren't there. But you can grow a vine on it and enjoy that, and then that will shade the elephant ears and make a nice little picture frame around your elephant ear. Well, now the Thailand giant elephant ears like extremely large. Not not down here. It's not 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 in our lifetime. When you see them really really big, those pictures have been carefully crafted. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. and, okay. Uh, and by the way, there's some really cool, you know, there's, uh, look up the difference between alocasia and colocasia. You know, the upright mm-hmm. versus the hanging down elephant ears. And there's a huge variety of some big, medium-sized ones. All right, what, what, which one would you suggest for down on the coast? Uh, in, 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 any of them. They, you know, they all do pretty well, as long as they don't stay too wet or stay really dry. And if they're not okay. around, a lot of radiated heat. Um, I did. There's one other plant I was thinking of. Oh, you know the split leaf philodendron? I don't. Okay. This is a tropical plant that everybody grows in their pots, but it will grow okay. outside on the coast. It's called split leaf philodendron. If you look it up, you can say, wow, I've seen that all my life. But they will get huge on the coast. Will they? And they're perennial. Split leaf, split leaf philodendron. Philodendron, P H I L O. When you say it, you say, "Oh yeah, yeah, that old thing." But no, they get huge on the Gulf Coast, and they have that okay. same elephant ear effect. Okay, thank you so much. Well, that's a start. Good luck on it, Adam. And stay, try to, you and those plants stay cool. Thank you. You too. <laughs> okay. Bye. All righty. Now let's uh, let's take one more call. We got some cheesy music. Let's go to Oxford. Hey, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I've got a question about Annabelle hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got an established bed, been there for about 10 or 12 years, um, under a Japanese maple and have done fine. And then I added some more about two years ago, another 
six or seven to expand the bed. Same shade, same conditions. It did well for a year or two, and but this spring they started leaf out and then they just collapsed. Uh, hmm. They're just wilted and they look like they're just almost dead. Yeah, I'm gonna have I, to make what's going on with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a couple of educated guesses and then I'll stop because I, without looking at it, I don't know. First of all, uh, when you planted them. Uh, even though the same conditions, they may have, I don't know if you loosen up the roots, if you added some organic matter, but it's real important to loosen up roots of new plants. And when they're young, they're extremely susceptible to staying temporarily too wet or too dry, but too wet could rot their roots. And the, the top part keeps growing because weather is good, but the roots get damaged on a small plant. Then all of a sudden they reach a point where they've got more top than they can handle and they just said uh, i'm out of here so it could be root damage because there are no, young plants that didn't get a good start uh, you could also have voles look for little small holes big enough to put your finger in around the base they eat right. roots of shrubs okay i did prepare the bed before i planted it with you know, uh, did, did you loo- did you loosen up the roots of the plant and all that I did, yeah, before yeah. I put them in. Yeah. Well, and you know, we did get a lot of rain this spring. I don't know if maybe that's, but it's on a, a slight incline, so it drains well. well yeah, basically. but no, 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 that's surface drainage. Internal drainage is a whole different thing. You know, you can dig a, a series of clay pots on the side of a hill, and they'll all stay full of water. So uh, anyway, uh, the the most likely culprits, a plant that's one or two, maybe three years old, sometimes can grow above the ground better than its roots are growing. Right. And you might have watered it once, and two days later it rained for a week. And that's enough to push young roots over the edge. That's an educated – that's what happens in my garden. Okay. So maybe the dead just try again, replant? Yeah, and, uh, you know, you've got enough of them go uh, – you know, Dig one of them up and look at the roots. And if they're really brown and nasty, you know, like that, then that might be all it is. And if that's the case, you might be able to cut the other ones back, which buys them time. And new roots can, can, you know, it's called rejuvenation. And that way it balances the top of the roots and maybe they start over again. Okay. I'll give that a shot then. Good luck on it. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye now. Okay, folks, there are plant sales coming on this weekend. I think some of you might be interested in uh, in, in a couple of them. There's one in. in, uh, Startville. Actually, it's this Saturday and next Saturday. It's going to be the Octavio County Master Gardeners. going to have a plant sales two Saturdays, May the 18th and May the 25th. It's at the Startville Community Market, which is next to the fire station there on Lampkin Street from 730 to 1030. they got all sorts of stuff. Um, and also, there's a uh, the New Orleans Orchid Society is having uh, their, their big show and plant sale. That's going to be next weekend, May the 31st through June the 2nd. New Orleans Orchid Society. It's going to be uh, at Lakeside Shopping, Shopping Center in Metairie. By the way, Metairie, French term for sharecroppers. Uh, interesting stuff. I'll share some of that when we come back. Meanwhile, we're going to take a quick break. Listen to music, cheesy music. I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm going to be around my vegetables. I'm going to chow down my vegetables. I love you most of all, my favorite vegetable. If you brought a big brown bag of them home I'd jump up and down and hope you'd toss me a carrot I'm gonna keep well my vegetables card off and sell my vegetables I love you most of all my favorite 
Felt a rushing. I was in the talking with the Java, my erstwhile producer, and said, "You got a, We got a new web website type of thing, or or what? Is it up and running?" Yeah, we have a new uh, way we're presenting our our, our blog, uh, our podcast. So, um, if you've been a fan of our podcast, we got some new and exciting things coming. So, <laughs> and you just, and you just just took a picture of me with holding a pure. Sweet native magnolia flower, and, the, and the, it was very fragrant when you when you came in the room. Oh, that, I, well, yeah, I say that. that was a magnolia that was fragrant, not me. I've been out gardening, but anyway, I got this magnolia blossom, and I got the nastiest, dirtiest fingernails you've ever seen in your life. So I hope that picture you can put that on our blog. Okay, we'll see how the the uh, the, the 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 sweet smelling fragrant white magnolia and the brute with the nasty fingernails how that works out. Hey, let's uh, let's go to uh, Ashland and talk with Jerry. Hey, Jerry, thank you for calling. Thank you, feller, and, and I've met you. And you're no brute. You're a good fellow. <laughs> oh, oh, you're the grumpy guy, aren't you? That's what you say. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, what's going on, man? I, I do well. Raising most things, and if I plant seeds in the dirt, generally they do well, but I cannot make seeds start from these little starter kits. I mean, the stuff will come up, and then somehow I lose it. So if you yeah. can just give me a clue how to be more successful. Because I've had people give you seeds of heirloom tomatoes and your Peter Pepper and yeah. all that stuff, and, and, it, and it, they'll come up and get, you know, half inch to an inch high and then just... Yeah, flop flop over. That happens to me too, Jerry. And usually it's caused by by keeping the the potting soil too wet. You know, these things that grow in dirt, potting soil stays a little too wet temporarily, and then it gets really dry real fast. And the you know, and the seedlings don't like that back and forth. And it's hard to keep the potting soil moist without getting it wet. And they rot right at the. They just flop over the soil line. That's what happens to mine. So I should use something besides potting soil. Well, you know, if you're using potting soil, the you know, tr- the, the main thing is just try not to keep them wet. That's the problem because I water my stuff and then it rains. And uh, I mean, I, I can show you stuff that in my yard right now that doing exactly the same thing—a whole flat full of stuff—and I got plants here and there. It used to be full of plants, and now you know a lot of them just flop over from 
from too much water and rain. So the main thing is is use a, a good quality potting soil that's kind of sterile. You know, um, I hate to use brands, but Miracle Grow is a good one, and just try to keep it moist, not wet. And uh, and that's about it. Also, uh, when they first come up, as soon as they sprout, put them out where they get real sunlight because that makes the stem sturdy and stocky versus, you know, long and leggy and floppy from not enough sunshine. Apple sun or direct sun? Oh, full, no, full, full sun. As soon as they come up, you know, they, you know this uh, greenhouse growers, they, they, they start on these little flats, and when they have their second or third set of real leaves, then they transplant them in individual pots. They put them out in full sun. I mean, that makes them sturdy. Stuff. And also, because it's been unusually uh, cool and wet this year, a lot of plants that should have been pl- planted a month ago are still floppy and leggy from just cooler and wetter a month later yeah well my, my store-bought tomatoes are, are doing really really well my blueberries doing well but i've i've done killed two <laughs> or three different flats of plants with the description you said so I'll, i guess i have to monitor my moisture much better. that that's it you know s- s- sun and warmth and moisture but not wet and those right. are those are sort of the basic key and that's where mine always grew up one of those three things well, right, welcome to means. welcome to my club <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me. No. Well, thank you very much for coming. Okay, Jerry. Hey, good to hear from you, my friend. See you later. Okay, let's go to Hattiesburg. Hey, Tony, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Better than I deserve. Santa Claus knows yeah. that. What's up? Um. Well, we, my husband and I are taking a trip to Dallas, and we are driving along the highways, and it reminded me when I was listening to your radio show, um, about Queen Anne's Lace, uh-huh. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite flowers of yeah. any kind that you can buy or pick or anything. And I have tried so many times picking it up from the side of the road. It won't work. My husband says It'll never uh, work. you're going to go to jail. But, um, nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, but it, so it'll never work? No, and I'll tell you why. First of all, uh, Queen Anne's Lace is a wild carrot. If you smell one of the roots, you'll smell a carrot. That's right. But, but when a Queen Anne's Lace blooms, it's at the end of its life. It's already dying. See? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You plant them from seed, they grow, they bloom, they set seed, and they die. It's a one-shot thing. See, so when you're digging up a Queen Anne's Lace plant, it's, you know, you it's like, you know, getting a 21-year-old cat from the shelter, you know. It ain't going to well, be with you long. Okay, but I thought that if I planted it and then those seeds that are in there would scatter. Nope. Here, they- here's the deal. Next time, you know, when, when they're in bloom, you know, where the, the pre-white flowers out there, the little red. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that the very center flower is dark, dark maroon? Yes. Yeah. Well, that one right in the middle. Anyway, uh, if you some of those flowers, when they fade, it, it, the, the the seeds cur- it curls up in like a bird's nest. If you get some of those that have turned brown, I mean that are that are real, the seeds yeah. are already mature. If you just snip a few of those things off, throw them in a paper bag, let them dry out, and sometime late summer fall, throw them out onto just plain dirt like they have along the roadside. They sprout in the fall, they grow over the winter, they bloom in the spring, and then they'll start sowing seeds from there. But, okay. uh, but no, when uh, Queen Anne, when it's blooming, it's at the end of his life already. Okay, well, I'm so glad to know that because I have spent so much time digging up. <laughs> digging up dead plants. Digging up dead plants, lady. Yes, now I'm wondering why. What am I doing wrong? And then the other thing, um, 
I was going to say, I had no idea that Dr. Dirt died. I'm so he, sad. He passed away three or four years ago. And uh, if 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 you'd like, I, I have a uh, a tribute to him with pictures and quotes and and also a link to an MPB thing where they where they interviewed the two of us back and forth about you know making fun of each giving each other love in kind of a making fun way. It's on my, right. my it's on my blog. If you'll go to Felder and I don't sell anything on my blog, Felder Rushing blog. Just Google that. Okay. And at the very top, one of my banner things, one of it's not one of my regular. It's one of my regular things. that says tribute to Doctor Dirt. And it's got awesome. it's got wonderful awesome. pictures of him. It just he was a, he was a wonderful man. He really was. We my little garden group. We really garden in each other's yards, and yeah. we would take little field trips. And that was one that we took. Uh, he was he was yeah. grouchy. He he was a you know he could be a really curmudgeon and outspoken all, really? but that's what made him uh, that's what made him Doctor Dirt. Anyway, I yeah. have a I have a tribute uh, to him at Felder Rushing blog with pictures and everything. Awesome. Well, I will look that up. And, and then I hate to take up too much time, but when you're planting zinnia seeds, mm-hmm. what's the secret? Dirt. To getting all of them dirt. sprout up. Throw them out on dirt, wet them down. Okay. Don't okay. don't keep them wet, but you know every couple of every day or two, just wet it down. You're trying to keep the seeds from drying out. There's nothing there to water, so you don't have to keep it wet. But but every day or two, just wet the area down. When they sprout, give them a good soaking and walk away from them. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, pre- hey, if you okay. if you go to if you go to the blog and see the thing about Doctor Dur, leave a comment because he I I don't know if I don't know if he reads them or not, but there it is. Okay, there you go. I'll do that. Okay, Tony. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Right. And good luck with Bye-bye. Queen Anne's Lace. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, I want to remind you again that uh, the uh, New Orleans Orchid Society show and plant sale May the 31st through June the 2nd. It's going to be at the... Uh, at the Lakeside, Lakeside Shopping Center in Metairie, Louisiana. Got an interesting note. Metairie is a French term for sharecroppers who pay their landlords with a share of their produce. In the 1760s, Metairie's farmed a fertile ridge left by an ancient branch of Mississippi River on the shore of Lake Pontchartrain. Today, the eponymous city of Metairie will not be, would be Louisiana's fourth largest city if we're not part of New Orleans. Anyway, Orchid Society, uh, that's next weekend. And then also there's a plant sale uh, this Saturday and the next Saturday in Starkville. It's going to be done by the Octavio County Master Gardeners, May the 18th and 25th, Starville Community Market, next to the fire station, down on Lampkin Street, 730 to 1030. Proceeds, by the way, go to Scholarship Fund. Want to give us a call? It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Let's start with Richard now. He's calling from uh, Jackson. Hey, Richard. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I have a... a proliferation of trifoliate orange on my farm around the pond we swim in oh, all yeah. over the place. <laughs> They'll get you. And and you can't bush hog it because it's basically like throwing nails out. Yeah. Uh, how do you get rid of that stuff? Just dig it up? You you can dig it up, um, you know. In uh, trifoliate orange, it comes up pretty readily from seed. By the way, these are tall ones with the straight thorns, or the ones with the really curly thorns. 
these are the tall ones with the straight thorns, yeah, yeah. and they just grow into thickets. Yeah, I know. Uh, the 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 two things, you know, and this is the tough one. It doesn't matter whether it's these or wild pears or what or or, or Chinese tallow, whatever you're trying to get rid of. Uh, first and foremost, you have to do what's called mechanical removal. You got to get out there and cut them down and burn, haul them off, or don't throw them in the don't throw them in the pond because you'll be catching your 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 feet and your fishing hooks on them. But anyway, just cut them down, clear it, and then th- th- I always get flack by saying this, but it's the safest, most effective thing to do. Let this stuff resprout, and when it gets about knee high, spray it with Roundup. Roundup. Only kills what you get it on, but it works best on small, actively growing stuff, not big, tall stuff. So cut it down where you can bush hog it, let it sprout back out, and then spray that with Roundup a day or so after good rain. The better this stuff is growing, the better Roundup works. As long as you don't get it on your pond, the soapy stuff that's in Roundup is a problem. It's not the round. It's not the. It's the the the, the surfactant that's in it that causes problems with the water. Anyway, that works. It works like a charm. It ain't, okay. it ain't it ain't it ain't great, but this is this this what people who have brush to control. That's what they do, and it is safe. Okay. All right, I appreciate it. Good luck. It, it, it wasn't a magic wand, though, was it? <laughs> well, I had I had been digging it up with my dozer, but I got rid of my dozer, and it just got completely away from me after that. Yeah, if you if you could ever get it, you know, if you could get it where you could bush hog it, then once you and let that. That first flush sprout back out and spray it, then that'll then you could pretty well control it every year after that by just bush hogging every every year or so. Right, it, it's fairly dense wood. Oh, where, oh I where know. I'm trying to get rid of. It. I know. I grow one on purpose in my front yard, believe it or not. But I got the one with the real twisty thorns. But, but trust mm-hmm. me on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's reason why I have to wear a hat all the time because I'd rather yank my hat than my hair. So I. What I read is that it that it's a that it there's a graft stock that came from uh, China somewhere. Or yeah, it's, it? yeah. Well, you know, citrus plants are all like most roses. Citrus plants are grafted, then grafted onto really sturdy rootstock, and then people buy these orange trees and grapefruit trees. As soon as they plant them, top part blows out, and this stuff, which will grow up into Kentucky sprouts back out and then the the birds and the and the possums and all spread the seeds from there and every one of those little oranges is just full of seeds sometimes it'll make a little ball of seedlings so uh that that's how it started and then then animals spread the seeds from there right right good luck on it man a goat won't even eat it no no and uh there's only so many gumdrops you can stick on them (laughs) good luck man All righty. Hey, I want to give a shout-out, folks. Uh, I went up to Carthy's yesterday to the library. Carthy's had a really, really good crowd. It was was informal. Uh, I brought some stuff, clipped some stuff out of my truck, brought some stuff for the garden. We just sort of, you know, shot to fat a little bit about uh, about gardening at the library. I love giving talks at libraries because typically uh, over half the people there – don't belong to garden clubs. They're not master gardeners. They don't. They're just individual gardeners. What we call diggers, D-I-G, determined individual 
gardener, dedicated, independent gardeners, whatever you want to call it, diggers who just like to learn about stuff and don't want to join anything. And that's what MPB does. It provides us this opportunity for folks who don't join stuff to get together in kind of a safe way and be a virtual club. Let's go to Hammond, Louisiana. I appreciate the folks in Carthage. They had a really good time. Anita from Hammond. Hey, Anita. Good morning. Hey, I'm from a home. Okay. Uh, but my daughter lives in Hammond. Okay. She had a, philod- a philodendron that blooms, and I had never seen it before, and it was just amazing. That's weird. It looks sort of like that spathophyllum or the peace lily type of flower, so... It's like uh, right. it's like really big. yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, and and it, it, she's got a happy one. Yeah, they're they're really unusual. Uh, sometimes once they start blooming, they sort of get in the in the habit of, and they'll keep blooming. Usually several flowers. Yeah, it was about six of them. Wow, wow! And she, in a, in Hammond, they can grow outside. Or hers in a pot, or is it outside? It's outside. Yeah. You know, the, I wish they would grow as far north as Jackson, but uh, Hammond, and uh, you say you're from Macomb? Yeah. You know, all the fellers in the Rushings are from down there. Yeah. And uh, somebody, somebody asked me if I was related to so-and-so. I said, my great-great-grandmother, they 15 brothers. Who ain't I related to down in Pike and Walthall County? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's, it's, send me a pic- next time at Bloom, send me a picture of it. I will. All righty. Well, appreciate thank you. You bet, Anita. Thank you. Whew, had a bunch of calls. I got stumped on several of them, too. Uh, I, I've got uh, six hours of downtime in an airport this afternoon. I'm going to be catching them on some emails, and I got just a whole slew of them came in the past week while I was traveling. So if there's some things that uh, I can help you with, you want to shoot me an email. Summertime, it's not quite so busy. I'm not out in the garden. I'm not traveling as much. Be glad to, to catch up on that kind of stuff. I did go out and plant a lot of stuff this past week. I dug the dirt up. It's amazing what two weeks of warm weather makes everything really jump. My roses and my perennials and my wildflowers and coneflowers and all the stuff. My okra is, is really jumping. My fig trees are leafed out. And um, I planted a bunch of herbs, uh, basils, another rosemary, planted some parsley that doesn't like it that much in the summertime. Anyway, plant a lot of stuff in big containers in some dirt, pulled some weeds, wasn't fun, pulled them by hand, then I covered everything with a thick layer of bark mulch, and that should be pretty much it. You know, if it doesn't rain for two or three weeks, you know, it's a good idea to water them. But um, plants, even in, in big pots, don't need watering all the time if you water them really good and deep. So I gave my plants some fertilizer, but get this, half strength. Fertilizer companies in the business selling fertilizer. And so the directions on there are for the maximum they can legally get away with recommending you use. Plants do just as fine with half strength. Keeps them lean, keeps them mean, makes the fertilizer cost less as much, uh, half as much, and uh, the plants grow just as well. As a matter of fact, I think they grow better using fertilizer and half strength. A little bit of mulch. Feed your earthworms, take care of them, they'll take care of your dirt, and uh, next thing you know, you can have some wonderful dirt. Hey, if you'd like some uh, some to gardening with children over the summertime, if you know some kids that need something to do, let me recommend a big pot with two or three different kind of culinary herbs, oregano, basil, rosemary, and show them what pizza is made from and spaghetti sauce is made from. Let them have some ownership of their meals. Real easy to grow culinary herbs in big containers, 
You don't have to wait for them to do something because they're ready to go. And the more you use them, the thicker they get. And not only that, but as the kids grow up, when they get older, next time they smell oregano or rosemary or basil, chances are good it's going to take them back to their childhood. They're going to conjure memories of you. It's a good way to get started. And uh, if you don't know how to garden yourself, a big old pot full of some uh, rosemary, oregano, and uh, basil, and you're ready to go. What's up, Java? Um, we usually play the theme of right now, yeah. but I kind of messed up, so Uh-oh. we don't have the theme. <laughs> so, so you're saying we got 30 seconds, we're out of here, right? And we out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. Folks, I'm Horticulture's Fellow Russia, me and Java. Java pushed the wrong button. Java pushed the wrong button. It wasn't just me and uh, Liz Gill and them. Anyway, we're going to be back same time, same place next Friday, rebroadcast on Saturday. If you get a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market or garden center, anything. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week.